What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Monday, September 23rd, 2013. You guys listened to episode 128, and I apologize. Uh, I want to apologize up front about my voice. Still congested. Still have a, a pretty bad cold that my whole family got, and I'm going to try to get through this, but it didn't help because last weekend, even with a, you know, a little bit of a you know, cold and congestion, I did um, three shows, and I hosted all three shows at The Stand, which I'd like to start off by saying congratulations to The Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant in New York City for their one-year anniversary. Uh, it was an honor to be the first comedian to ever grace the stage, ever tell a joke there, and to be back there on um, the, you know, one year to date and do uh, host all three of the shows, hosted the 7 o'clock, the 9 o'clock, the 11 o'clock with amazing lineups, was great, um, but, uh, and especially comedians will understand this, you lose your voice, man, especially when you do a lot of shows in a row, and I was sick, so I was hosting, and I'm bringing up all these comedians, so I'm, I'm getting on stage a ton that night, and then I had like the, I guess, laryngitis or whatever, and um, and then next night, this is one thing that I got to start off by talking about, um, I did a show uh, Saturday, it was a fundraiser for autism. And I know that that sounds nice, but it was a shit show. And um, I will get into that. But I do want to say, um, if you are in New York City, please check out the Stand Comedy Club. Also, um, you know, the restaurant upstairs is amazing. It really is a great, great spot. And um, I've talked about it before, but what's amazing about it is, you know, usually the first year, because let's be honest, first year of an establishment, I mean especially when it comes to a restaurant or something like a comedy club, you know, six, seven months in, people are packing shit up and it's a wrap. It's, like, it's over. And um, these guys are, are in it and the, the business is, is still growing and getting better and sold out shows every weekend. So, so I do that on Friday and then on Saturday, as I said, I'm doing this, um, I guess it was a fundraiser for, I didn't know if it was just autism, but I was told autism, but when I tell you who was in the crowd, you'll understand that it, it was for a lot of shit. And um, it was at a fucking, you know, I, I'm, I'm not mad at my managers for booking this. It's just something that I haven't done in so long. But I was performing at an Elks Club. Um, it was like an Elks Club off of Route 17 in Paramus, New Jersey. And there was like 150 people there. And uh, Pete Davidson, um, funny young comic, you've heard of my thing, you know Pete from MTV, Pete hosted the show, Jesse Mae Peluso from MTV's Girl Code, she um, she was on the show, and then uh, I went on the show to close the show out, and I just noticed when we got there, the, it was just like they were like, I don't know, the people just seemed rude, I'm not gonna lie, the people just kind of seemed rude, and... Um, you know, the, the room was really tight, and I was watching the other comedians, and the room was very, like, uneasy, and I look out there, and I realize that there are little kids out there, I mean, this is like 9 o'clock at night, so by the time I'm getting on stage, it's after 9.30 at night, there's little kids in the crowd, you know, people, like, parents sitting there drinking in this shitty Elks Lodge, and if it wasn't, I'm going to be honest, and I don't think I'm better than anything, but if it wasn't for the autism and the fundraiser, like, I wouldn't have been there. That shit that I did my first couple years in comedy, 
You know, and I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but I, you know, I don't do that shit. A fucking Elks Club, people eating food off a, you know, just like I mean, even like there was like, like there was balloons in the place. Like there was like 18 shitty chandeliers. It was like it wasn't like a nice little ballroom that had like two beautiful chandeliers. It had like the like 18 or 20 shitty chandeliers. It was a shitty room. You know, the people seemed kind of shitty. Some of them, some of them were amazing, but for the most part, it didn't seem that way. And I'm going there, and my manager goes, it's going to be funny if somebody there listens to this because they're going to be like, wow, but I'm just being honest. I don't give a shit. I really, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? I gave you people a show, and the way it was was just, it was just weird. So, um... I go, I get there, and there's, you know, there's like they have balloons, and like they just, it was just weird. People were shitty, I thought some of them. And uh, <laughs> excuse me while I sip my drink. Okay, so I'm just looking at the room, and I don't know. Like my manager tells me on the way there, and he goes, um, "Yeah, last year, you know, he's telling me like a couple comedians that did. Oh, last year, um, you know, this one did it, and that one did it. There was a lot of hecklers, and they got put in their place. But you know, what I mean? and I was like, people are like heckling and yelling out at a fundraiser. How much of an animal do you have to be? Okay, and it figures. I shit on Jersey because Jersey's a shithole, but only in Jersey would these would would I'm I'm like I mean I shouldn't say only Jersey because Pennsylvania and there's probably other shitty places. But how do you go? to a fucking autism fundraiser and have little kids there and heckle. So now, hearing that, I got my guard up and I'm like, all right, I may have to put some white trash people in their place, which is fine. I'm a professional. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with that. I'll do that. So I watched the first couple. You know, I watched Pete and I watched, I watched Jesse May in the room. You know, there would be laughs, but I could just tell this room was definitely like... They were just a tight room, and it wasn't the comedians, it was the room, and I noticed that, because the comedians were being funny, and they would get a good laugh, but it just didn't seem like, you know, the laugh was was like what it should have been. So Pete goes on stage, and he brings me up, he's like, alright guys, blah blah blah, you know, this is the last comedian of the night, blah blah blah, um, and what I get on stage, I, you know, I basically... You know, say, hey guys, you know, I'm here to have a good time and, and this and that. And like, I kind of wanted to wake them up a little bit. You know, not saying the other comedians didn't, but you know, I have some energy and I, I just wanted to, you know, or I gave more energy, I guess, to get them up because it just seemed like something was off in this room. And I get on stage and I realize that not only are there little kids in the crowd, but now there's people with like, there's people with Down syndrome in the crowd. There's younger people. There's people like in wheelchairs with their heads back, like paraplegics. And, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm telling you, this is what it was. Like, I'm standing up there and there's like a, you know, a few people in wheelchairs just sitting there with their fucking mouths open, staring at me. And, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm looking around and I'm going, all right, you know, I guess I shouldn't curse. So I'm telling, you know, I'm talking to the crowd, saying that I drove in from, from New York and I'm, you know, I'm trying to get the crowd going and stuff. And, um, you know, it's going okay. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to settle into my set. And I'm like, guys, I'm really trying to not curse here and be respectful because they're kids. And like these animals, people are like, do it, do it. And like parents are like, do it. You know, like in other words, yeah, we brought our kids knowing there was going to be curses. And there was a part of me that still, you know, didn't want to. 
But then I just go into a joke and I realize how rude these people were being and I was and then just something happened to me where I go, you know something, if you people are gonna bring your kids out to this and I'm sitting here and I just started shitting on the place. I just started talking about, you know, this place is a shithole. You know, the, I t- started talking about the shitty chandeliers. And I, I was like, what? You know, and I just was really pissed off. And, and the crowd was just like a couple of people were being jerks. There was this one dick. And I was talking about like really early in my set, like the first or second bit I did. I was like, um, you know, so are you guys drinking? And this guy who wanted to be cute, you could tell he was one of those guys that thought he was like the shit, but he's sitting in the middle. He wanted to be cute. So he, he said something like, yeah, not enough. Or, or yeah, we're not, not enough, apparently. And then I'm saying, is this guy attacking the comedy show? Is this guy attacking, you know, I've only been up here for a couple of jokes. Is he attacking me? Is he attacking the comedy show? Is he attacking the night? Is he trying to be funny? Okay, because this guy just saw me for a couple of minutes and this guy doesn't know me. And now I'm pissed. So I, I continue on my jokes. I kind of shit on the place a little more. I continue on my jokes. And then I start getting some big laughs and some big laughs. And then I go into this sexual joke. And the room gets really uncomfortable. But I turned it around and I made the room pop. And I made the room have fun with the sexual thing. And then I started getting the crowd to really start to erupt and laugh. And then I looked over at the guy that said that. And I go, yeah, see that asshole? Okay. I go, don't fucking, you don't know me. Okay, and I forgot I forgot how I did it, but I just said, like, um, you're going to say anything now, you, you fucking asshole, with your stupid Bill Buckner mustache, shut your mouth, I just made you look like a jackass, and then I would keep killing, and I ended up doing, they told me to do 30, I ended up doing over 40 minutes, I got the room, I told them, I was like, listen, I just want you guys to know, you know, I'm better than this room here, okay, so you could all sit there, and you could fucking judge me. <laughs> And I just had this moment where I was just not only like pepping myself up, but like dis- like trying to like really like let these people know. I go, yeah, this show's not like fucking last year, is it? I'm going to because I'm going to give it to you real the way I would in a theater or whatever else. So just sit there and basically take what I'm going to say. And I just kept looking at this guy going, yeah, what do you think now? This guy's not, not, you know, not talking now. And I just kept like just had this defiance and spite. And at one point, like one kid, like when that kid, when that guy started to heckle, the kid with the Down syndrome started like fucking, you know, heckling or moaning or whatever the fuck he was doing. And I started getting pissed at that. But like they put me in a position, I can't say anything, you know. And my heart goes out to the kid, but it's like you're going to put a fucking dude with Down syndrome in the fucking front. And like you're going to start yelling and complaining about like or just like say something to try to be funny. Oh, that's what happened. There was something with the microphone. And the guy goes, put the mic lower. So I put the mic lower and the guy was like, yeah, check one, two, you guys didn't, and I was like, yeah, no, you guys should have fucking did that in this shithole, it's not my fault, you guys got a system that you got at Radio Shack, you fucking jackass, and I, I oh man, it was awesome, like, I really stopped the show, I was like, let me let you people know something, I, I fucking, I shouldn't be here, okay, I'm doing you a favor, okay, being in this shithole, alright, with this jackass who's got a Bill Buckner mustache, fuck you, you know, I wanted to be like you shitty Jersey people. Like I really did kind of somewhat say that. Like you, this is a shithole, okay? And then I would kill, and then I would say, yeah, yeah, you didn't expect that at this show, did you? And it was just one of those things where I had this defiance to me. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back or act like you know try to sound cool. I'm saying this because if you're a comedian and you ever do a show, and some arrogant asshole drinking tries to either put you down or the show down. And I go, guys, guess what? You're here too. You're in this shitty Elks Lodge with me. In this Elk Lodge with fucking shitty balloons and food on styrofoam. You guys are here too. All right, you guys put this shit together. I'm leaving. I'm going in my nice car and leaving here. 
I was doing shit like that because this guy pissed me off. And then it got to the point where I kept going and I was killing. And then at the end, I go, sir, I'll never forgive you for that. Okay. And I made you feel like a jackass. And he just sat there with this dumb fucking look on his face. And I even got the kid with Down syndrome laughing. I don't know if he fucking understood anything, but... You know, I, I just got to the point, and again, I don't mean to sound rude or anything, but you put a comedian in a situation where they're in a shitty fucking room, okay? The people, half the people, and don't get me wrong, there were some people in the room that were awesome. There really were. There were people in there, like I had this woman crying, like there were definitely some tables of people that were like, wow, I love the realness and honesty of this. But if I'm going to go into a place and try to be nice and try to be vanilla, and try to just do my jokes and, you know, and, and, and show them. I really tried to show them that I wasn't going to curse or I was really going to try to be respectful. And then you guys are like looking at me like that. And then I start to get heckled. And this is a fundraiser that I'm, I'm, I'm coming out to do. Don't get me wrong. I got paid. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I didn't get paid. I got paid for it. All the comedians got paid, of course. But this was to raise money for, for I guess, any kind of birth defect or anything like that. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do any jokes about that. I'm going to be respectful. And then these people want to act like that. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'll turn this fucking place around. I'll have you people walking out with your cheap fucking cake on, on a piece of fucking styrofoam. I'll have you fucking leaving. I don't give a fuck. Okay, you want to sit there and you have babies in the audience, people holding it, and then like you half the people scream and curse while, while, I got, while there's three or four-year-olds in the crowd. It was, it was really a shitty, shitty situation. And I'm glad I did what I did. I'm glad I fucking, I, did, I had a great time. I gave them more time than they wanted. A lot of people loved it. I'm sure I horrified some people, but I think I eventually got the whole crowd on my side. But I guess the point of this shit is, and, and note to self, no more fucking Elks Lodges. I don't give a shit what the cause is. Because I've learned something about people. It doesn't matter how nice it is. It doesn't matter if you're doing it to raise money to get food to send over to fucking Africa or if, you, you, if you're doing it for any kind of birth defect or, or, or mentally challenged people. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is adults suck. People suck and they're stupid. Okay, what you should have done is you should have been thankful that comedians were going to take a Saturday night out to drive to that shitty state off of Route 17 to an Elks Lodge all right, and, and, and have shitty uh, orange and green balloons with, you know, disgraceful, awful chandeliers up there. And I'm walking around, and I got kids in there, I got people, disability people up there, and I'm fucking up there dancing like a monkey for you. You sit there, you shut up, and you're happy the comedians come there. You don't sit there with your arms crossed. But the greatest part about it was the people that were acting like dicks, I flipped it on them to the point where they were all laughing and then when I did a joke that really killed, I just looked back at them and I got defiant. I kept making comments to them. It was awesome. It was awesome. Do that shit. Fuck these people. What's the worst that happens? They never book you again and you leave. They'll be talking about you in a negative way. That's still positive. Those assholes will still go to your website. Fuck them. You know, and there was a part of me, I got pissed, you know, getting like borderline heckled by a dude with Down syndrome because the people at his table wanted to yell something. You know, part of me was like, yeah, no wonder why these kids turned out like that. Look at their fucking parents. But I wasn't going to do that because that's a little much. But I didn't give a shit, man. And and, and again, I, I, I look, my heart goes out to, I, it truly does. Anybody who's got, you know, Down syndrome or, you know, anything like that, autism. I mean, I would never wish that on anybody. But when you're there as fucking parents, you know, you don't sit there and, 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 and try to be funny, you Jersey jerk. 
it, it, it's it's just you know whatever. But anyway, thanks to everybody who came out to that <laughs> and uh, and liked the show. And uh, if you like the show, you follow me on Twitter now. I hope you come out to a real club and a real show and 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 see you know. Although I did my regular material, but it's just it it amazes me. It amazes me. That like, like I couldn't believe, like when I was driving to the gig, I was like, oh, how many years have they done it? And like, I guess they've been doing it a couple years now and some really good comedians have done it. And I remember going, yeah, so-and-so had a problem with hecklers last year. They had to really put people in their place. And I'm thinking to myself, for an autism fundraiser? Jesus. You wouldn't, like, how, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, what are you doing? What do you what, what do you what do you have a kid with autism and you're like all right man we're gonna go tonight to really raise some money for this and really get some research we're gonna eat this is gonna be a great night, um, but then I'm gonna kind of be a dick and mess with the comedian it, it's just you know it's it's nuts, and it and it's silly and those people deserved every negative comment I said about the room and that place they did, and the fact that I was able to do that and get them to laugh mean what you know means that I won. Ah, and I really hate to be defiant towards something like that, but it really pissed me off. You know, I'm sitting up there dancing like a monkey for these people. You know, the microphone needs to be put. It's like, then get a better microphone, you asshole. Didn't you do this next year? Didn't you guys have a, a, a mic check or a spotlight or something like that? I mean, it's not like this is the first time. Get your shit together. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, and I got to tell you, when you're doing stand-up and there's, like, people with disabilities, like, looking at you from wheelchairs or, like, people that can't speak, and, um, you know, I mean, and, and it was, they, were like, they were, like, moaning and shit. Like, kids were moaning. And I'm like, does that mean the joke is funny? Like, I didn't know. Like, I would just be talking or going to a bit, and I would just hear a dude moaning, and, and I would be like, I, I, I mean, I'm hoping that that's his version of this is funny, you know? But it, it put me in an awkward situation. I didn't know that. I wasn't told that. And I don't know why I'm venting to you guys. I probably should fucking take this shit up with my manager. But I have a microphone now. and, and uh, But I didn't have a mountain. I had a camera and a mic. Remember that in uh, Anchorman? Because I wanted to scream it from a mountain. But I didn't have a mountain. By the way, December 20th, Anchorman 2 comes out. And um, that's going to be awesome. So that was my that was my um, my Friday and Saturday. I did three shows Friday in Manhattan, and then I did this hell gig Saturday, which ended up working out. And I hope they did raise money for the kids' sake. You know, I, I know a couple of people who have had a child with Down syndrome. I know some. I know comedians who have um, kids with, and and not not even just comedians, but other people that have kids with uh, autism, and it and it's tough. And as a parent myself, it's it's got to be hard. So I hope they did raise money. But if you were at that show and you're an adult who's sound of mind and you're listening to this next year, okay. Because if you don't have a comedian like me who fucking had to shut the plate, just, just you know, totally address everything and do that, you know, it, it's going to be a bad show. So maybe spread the word to those people to shut the fuck up and enjoy yourself. Okay. I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. While we're on anger. Hold on, I'm going to sip this Coke. Got some more stuff to talk about. Got some sports to talk about. Got, um, oh, did I see a movie, everybody? I saw a movie. Me and my buddy Chris Lamberth. You know him from the show. 
and uh, well, I'm going to talk about that. We went out, um, which continued Saturday night, but I'm going to get into that because that Saturday night after that show, a lot of cool shit happened. Uh, but let me move forward and uh, talk about I am going through this dog search. And I thank you guys because I got a lot of comments from you guys about which dogs, uh, dog breeds for us to get. You know, we're looking for, I have, I have a lot of property here. A dog would be very happy to run around. And we're, like I said, we're trying to get the mix of the guard dog. We're trying to get a dog that, you know, is not going to eat my kids or the couch. So we're trying to get a big dog who is going to, you know, not shed, be gentle, all kinds of stuff, not tear up the house, not rip up the floor, I got like new hardwood floors, I got, we got all this stuff, I basically need to put boots on a fucking, it sounds like I need to just put like booties on a fucking English bulldog and just let it get fat and lazy and sleep there, but I want something else, but thank you guys for letting me, you know, know all the breeds, I think we've definitely, definitely crossed some off the list, um, you know, we're, we're the big dogs that shed a lot of hair, I think we crossed off. Um, some of the good guard dogs, I actually think we might have crossed off a boxer dog, crossed off a Doberman Pinscher, because even though those dogs are great, like, um, well, Doberman Pinscher, actually, like, they're good, but they act, they have had history of, like, changing. Their attitude can change over time, and they're, you know, um, boxer dog is really kind of hyper and shit. We were looking at the, a mountain dog. There's a dog, there's some kind of dog that might, an, an Alaskan, an Alaskan shepherd, it fights bears, it gets like 320 pounds and it looks like a, it looks like a bear and I just saw pictures of it fighting and it turns into, it's like this big like huge ogrely looking thing and then when it, it just turns into a fucking vampire, it, it just, it, 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 it sticks its head out and it's, it's snout opens up and these teeth come like, like just with foam, and they get this evil look, if you put in Alaskan Shepherd, and, and look at it, or like um, Alaskan bear fighting dog, and you'll see pictures of this thing, and it looks like this gigantic sweet bear, and then when you see it fight, you look at its face, and it looks like a sci-fi movie of like, like an, or like, you know, when somebody's like, turning, like an exorcist, their face changes into the demon, that's what this thing looks like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting that, I'm, that thing is not sitting in my house, you know, one day you're throwing it waffles at breakfast, the next day you run out of waffles and the thing fucking stands up and looks like a like a human werewolf that's pissed at you. I don't need that shit in my living room. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know what we're going to get, man. I'm looking at the Visla. I'm looking at, um, there. there's a dog. I mean, obviously Labs, Chocolate Labs with the blue eyes, I just want something that's going to scare anybody away, and just like have a great time outside, but I think if I could play fetch with a fucking lab in my backyard, it'll be great to watch it run and stuff like that, so we're still thinking about it, but thank you guys for the, you know, I'm doing my homework, as you know, because the, the old me would have just went to the store and found the biggest dog, and had the salesperson go, no, they're really good with kids, and like, they're great guard dogs, and I'd be like, all right, get that one, next thing you know, I got fucking, you know, I got Cujo sitting in the kitchen foaming at the mouth every time my kids walk out of the door. So I'm glad that I'm doing my homework here. But we're trying to get something, you know, I, I just want to get something that um, is awesome. But I want to get something different. I looked at this weird looking dog. It's not weird. It's cool. But I looked at this Sicilian hound. It's a dog from Sicily. And it's like this, it's like really light brown. And I guess it originated like, I guess like, I don't know, it's like thousands. It's like one of the oldest dogs. And I guess it... 
said that they started in Egypt, but then they were imported to, to, to Italy. I don't know. Anyway, they, they look pretty cool. Who knows? It's hard to get a dog because this is going to be in your life for... Like, I don't have it in me to get a dog and like a year later go, this isn't the right dog and just send it to a pound knowing it could... I feel like that's copping out. You know, you do that shit with girlfriends. You don't do that shit... You know what I mean? Like, that's like essentially, that's really what you do, right? When you date, when you get a girl... When you get a girl, all it is is like trying to find the dog you want. You're like, all right, she's got a nice temperament. You know, she's she's smart. And think about it. When you when you tell your boys about your new girlfriend, you describe her like you're describing a new dog. You know. Yeah, it's great. It, you know, you, like the way you would talk about it, you'd be like, oh no, she's great. She's smart. She likes football. You know, she's real sexual, you know, has a little bit of a temper. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah, you know, they, they need they need exercise, but, you know, they, they, they're really loyal, good companion, affectionate. It's the same thing, except with a girlfriend. You don't have to worry about her going to a, a pound and getting killed. Although they'd probably be better on better behavior if that was the case. Be like, listen, sweetheart, this isn't working out. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to send you back to that. <laughs> that girlfriend shelter um but yeah so we're, we're gonna try to figure it out but i don't want to get something and then send it back i just don't because you never know and then they, you say oh it's a no-kill shelter but you never know if that's the case or they're like oh we well, don't have enough room now see that's the thing you never know what happens in the future you could send it to a no-kill shelter but then that no-kill shelter can get packed and you know you know overloaded and like no we're gonna send them in before you know what the dog so i, I just i want to get the right dog as a puppy have it grow up with my family and that's what i want to get i mean i still love huskies man that siberian husky is one of the most there's a youtube clip of a siberian husky named diesel who broke somebody's plasma TV and it's sitting there guilty and the owner is going, and you got to watch this, and the owner is going, uh, Diesel, what did you do, Diesel? Did you knock down the TV? And it's one of the funniest things in the world. The dog is sitting there staring at her with this guilty, horrible look, like doesn't want to look at her, and he's just kind of sitting there and he knows, he knows what he did. It's awesome, and it's one of the most beautiful dogs. If the Siberian Husky didn't shed, I would get one or two of them. I'm not even kidding. I really, like, they're just so beautiful. I really want to get one because they're, they're amazing. You know, they, they really are. I, I just think they're awesome, so... I wish they had like one of those, you know the way they're always taking dogs and they're making hybrids or smaller versions. I wish they made like a no-shed husky, if that's possible, or a shepherd. But if you guys have any other good ones, man, let me know. I appreciate it. I'm definitely taking them all into consideration. Some people are saying get a bull mastiff. You know, I'm not going to regret it. And I know it's just, they're just, a bull mastiff just kisses you or licks you. And it's like you dunked your, it's like you jumped in a pool. They just slobber so much. <laughs> you ever see a tennis ball in a bull in a, a tennis ball in a bull mastiff's mouth looks like a fucking skittle. They're just gigantic. I don't know. But that Siberian husky clip, check that out. That's it's really it's really cool. Um oh, speaking this I wanted to talk about. This is uh something that I hope everybody could see and I don't know how you guys are going to take this. But I was watching a, um that E60 on the kid who got molested. 
and I'm sure some of you people know what I'm talking about already. Some of you don't. If you don't, I know that's a really weird way to start saying, oh, you guys have to see this. <laughs> you guys have to see this. This guy gets molested for days. It's unbelievable. No. Um, what it is is E60 does a show where uh, ESPN basically has a bunch of their top writer and reporters sitting at like a, a round table. And they kind of just start to discuss stuff, shooting the shit. Like, yeah, whatever happened? Remember Bo Jackson? He got hurt. And then I heard he runs a business now. And then one of the writers who brings it up will actually go to Bo Jackson's. I'm just using an example, a hypothetical. They actually might have done one with Bo Jackson, but they'll just go to his business, talk to him, what he's doing now, show old clips of him when he was in college and everything that happened. And it's kind of just like a, a, you know, a nice little news piece that people could catch up on. Well, this was a piece, and it wasn't really nice, but it was definitely something for people to catch up on, and it was a huge news story back in the day, but what happened was this, it's really unfortunate, this guy, this guy named Jody, I forgot his last name, his name was Jody, and um, when he was a young boy, his karate instructor molested him, and he's talking, and the guy seems like a good businessman now, he's got his shit together. But he was just talking about this, you know, this time where he was into karate and all the kids loved the teacher. The teacher would take him on trips and camping trips and movies and all kinds of stuff. And the parents thought it was normal and great and the kids were learning karate. And then, like, people started to notice weird stuff. And what happened was, I guess, like, his uncle, like, the guy dropped him off at his uncle's and, like, kissed him on the mouth goodbye. And the uncle saw it. And called the dad and was like, yo, dude, you got a fucking problem here. Like this, there's a really weird relationship going on here, you know. And he was basically saying, I don't kiss my own kids on the mouth, let alone something like that. So the guy takes the kid away for a week. And he says he raped him every day, sometimes twice a day. But then they would go out and do fun things. And... It was just, I know it sounds horrible, but that's basically what he was saying. He was like, yeah, like I didn't really, it was just like part of this and just this awful thing. So the parents go nuts and they're looking for him and they finally get the kid back in their custody and they take him to a hospital and they find out there's all, you know, he was all, you know, he's raped and, you know, and his, his rectum and the semen like it was just it was awful I don't even want to get into it but the kid was just you know raped on a daily basis and he didn't know anything was like wrong he was kind of in denial and stuff and his parents get him back and the guy gets charged with the molestation and he gets life in jail and I'm watching this and I'm like oh shit like I'm I'm just watching I have no idea what's going to happen and the guy gets life in jail and the two detectives are flying him on an airplane and they say, oh, you know, on the air, the detectives were saying when he's on the airplane, he's talking about how he was molested when he was younger and this and that. And he did it to a bunch of kids and, and all kinds of stuff. And then they, the, the camera footage of like, I guess this is like late seventies, early eighties. Cause you could tell, like, you know, when you see the footage of it, you could just tell. And he's walking, He's the the two detectives are walking with him through the airport, and news reporters like, and here's so and so coming out. He was, you know, and and like the, all the media is there, and it's real. It's real footage of this guy, and I'm like, man, what a what a fucking piece of shit. But he looked like a normal guy, and you're like, how could he do that? And he's walking with the detectives, and right as he's walking, you see a guy on a payphone with his back to him, and as soon as the detectives and the and the molester get by the payphones, you just see this guy on a payphone turn around, stick a revolver to the fucking dude's head, and just blow his brains out. 
It was like a Lee Harvey Oswald. It was like a up close and personal Kennedy assassination. It was insane. And I'm going, oh shit. And it was the kid's father. So the kid's father just staked out the airport waiting, knew where the guy was coming in, put his hat down. He had a hat down like over his eyes and he's acting like he's on a payphone. And as soon as he walked by, boom. And at first it looked like he hit him because the guy just goes down real quick and you didn't really hear. And they showed it in slow motion. The guy's laying there, just bleeding from his head, dead. Detectives detained the guy. And uh, this is what's great about whatever state he was in. People are writing letters going, that's justifiable homicide. And they're like, no, no, you know, the, 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 he's going to go to jail for a long time because of what he did. And is he going to plead not guilty? What's he going to do? The father pleads no contest. And he, people are writing letters. Don't put this man away. He gets, apparently they said he initially got seven years, five years probation and ended up, it ended up when it was all said and done, the guy didn't do one day in jail. He didn't do one day in jail. He was just like, I guess he was on probation for a couple of years. And um, and now, and that was an old story that a lot of people knew about that. But now ESPN's talking to where the kid is today, what the kid's doing today, even the father and the mother, and the father they got to talk to. And this was some old gangster, southern gangster shit where the father's sitting there and they're like, yeah, well, he can't really talk or walk that well anymore because, um, you know, he, he recently had a stroke. But we were able to talk to him, you know, a little bit. And, like, he's sitting there and he's looking at the camera and he's talking and he goes, you know, are you sorry? Do you regret what he did? He's like, no. And they were like, you, you, so you would do it? He goes, I would do it again. And the mother was just gangster. The mother was like, we just upset. We can't dig him up and do it again. I was like, oh, shit. But I got to tell you, okay, it was one of the most amazing, justified justice. It was one of the best things I ever saw. Okay, and if some of you people think that's harsh, man, you don't have fucking children. You don't know. To know that your baby was to 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 be raped and brutally fucking sodomized like that, raped on a daily basis by the fucking predator. You know, there's, there's a fucking like a demon, man. That, that's like the devil, man. Seriously, to to do that to your baby, knowing that, and then seeing your son and knowing what he went through, man, I would do the same thing. And it was amazing to see it. And, um, you know, you never want to wish death on anybody, but that's that's just evil, man. That's just like that dude just had a, oh, man. So you check it out, and the guy who was molested was like, you know, I don't want people looking at me like I'm some kind of, you know, some kind of damaged goods or anything, you know. And when they see me, I don't want them to get weird. I'm doing fine. He's like a motivational speaker now. The guy's got his shit together. He's doing great. But uh, truly an amazing American, like, criminal or American crime story. That I think is is fascinating, yet at the same time one of the most satisfying and 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 justice pieces I've ever heard the media like show. Even though the media didn't you know plan to do it, this guy just happened to be hiding out by a payphone. But unbelievable, and you could watch it on YouTube. But um, yeah, it was it was insane. And uh, so now, wow, you know what? I got a nice flow to this episode one twenty eight because now I'm going to talk. About this movie I saw, which also has to do with children. I guess the theme, the theme of episode one twenty eight this week um, is is children. You know, we started even though I was a little angry with the parents of the autistic kids. Uh, the, the theme of this is is having children and, and going through stuff, you know, with them. And um, after talking about that piece where the guy had molested that kid and got killed for it by the father, um, I saw the movie Prisoners this weekend. 
after I did the show, after I did that um, that fundraiser, my buddy Chris Lamberth, comedian, you guys heard, he also does the uh, the he also does the mundane festival um, podcast, which was featured on Podbean, uh, where I host mine. He's uh, 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 you know he's, uh, he's like popular for the new ones that are up on Podbean, so check it out. It's a, it's a good podcast. Best episode he did was the one with me, of course. But uh, no, check it out though; it's good. Chris is my guy. And um, so Chris has said to me, oh, you're going to be in Paramus tonight. You're right near me. Why don't you, you know, after you're set, if you want to go do something or grab a drink. And I was like, man, Chris, I don't know. I'll let you know because I got a cold. I feel like shit. You know, I did three shows last night. My voice was a mess. So I just didn't think I was going to do it. So I do the show. And I, right when I hop on the Garden State Parkway, I call Chris. Chris Lambert's phone sucks because he's got AT&T. And when you call him, he's the only guy I've ever met who, who, when you call him, there's a busy signal. Like Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire on the Oakland Athletics, and it's 1988. That's, that's what happens when you call this kid's cell phone. So I finally got fed up. And I, I, I get on the thing, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do what I said and call him at least to see where he is because I didn't have dinner. Because those shitty people put the dinner away and I didn't want to eat their shitty chicken anyway, if they had any left. But, um, you know, it's funny. I shouldn't say that because the people that were there, were it was like two people and they ruined it for everybody, uh, in my mind. So, um, I get on the Garden State Parkway and I'm thinking to myself, let me just call Chris. I didn't have dinner. Maybe I'll get dinner and a drink with him real quick and then we'll wrap it up. So I get on a thing, busy, eh, eh, and I'm just going, is this, so I text him, pissed off, I go, your phone sucks, it's busy again or something, get a new phone, I forgot what I did. So two minutes later, he calls me back, and I go, hey man, I just finished the show, do you want to go do something? And he's like, yeah, actually, I, I was waiting around to see what you were doing, let's do something. So I get off the Garden State right away, I was only two minutes in. So we decided to go and eat. And we're looking for bars to eat at. Every place is packed with the Uf the the, the ultimate fighting, uh, the UFC fights. We didn't know we were going to go to this ale house that has food and drinks in, in Jersey. Packed out, line out the door, and it's like ten forty five at the time, ten fifty at the time, and we end up um, we end up going to eat at this Hooters on Route Seventeen, and it's packed, just packed out with people for the UFC fight. So I was like, all right, we'll get some wings. Grab a drink and that's it. So we get this, we get these boneless wings, and we actually started to get into the fights. We're watching the fights at least. Both of us aren't huge UFC fans, but we're watching the fights and stuff, and we're eating. And I just kind of look over and I go, "Hey man, what do you think? Midnight movie prisoners?" And Chris is one of those guys that sleeps in movies at night. You know, you know the guys that they they, they kind of just lay there with their eyes back and then they kind of flutter, and then. They notice you noticing them sleeping, so they pop up and they look at you, and they're just like act like they're not. That's Chris, but he's like, all right, you know what? I'll go. Let's try not to. Let's try not to. I'll try not to sleep, but let's go. Let's let's go. Get go to the movie. So movie's at twelve o'clock. So we finish our food. We watch another UFC fight. We have a drink. We get to the movie theater, and Chris is a movie nerd, to, and I am too. Don't get me wrong, I am too. But he panics if he's gonna miss anything. So he's like. So we're talking and we're like, and I'm like just talking to him, looking for a place to park. And I remember asking him a question. He goes, I don't know. Just park, Paul. And I was like, Jesus, Chris, fuck, we'll be, we're going to be all right, man. We're going to, we got time. So we go in there and I told him, I told him that I was going to give him shit on the podcast about it, but he was definitely like that. So he starts running. I, I go online to get snacks because I'm fucking gangster like that. And that's what you do when you go to a midnight movie. You get some fucking milk duds like a grown up. 
So I got my milk duds and I got my water. And I see Chris, he gets his ticket and he just looks over at me. He goes, all right, we got five minutes. I'm going to the bathroom. Like he he, he was like an itinerary. He was like De Niro in um, Meet the Parents. Like just he knows everything about the timing. So we get into the movie. Movie doesn't start till 1220. Folks, if you did not do yourself a favor, okay, do yourself a favor. If you did not see Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, go see it. It was awesome. The writing was awesome. The acting was amazing. It was intense. It is a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie. Two hours and 30 minutes, and you think, wow, that's a long movie. Felt like an hour and 15 to me. I could have sat there for another hour. It was awesome. It was awesome. I don't even know how, I can't even stress enough how much. That movie and Star Trek were the two movies of the year for me as far as leaving the theater going, you know what, I got my money's worth. And this was an expensive movie because they had like the the top to bottom, like the ceiling to floor theater, huge surround sound. It wasn't an IMAX, they didn't call it, but they just called it this, whatever, it was like 16 bucks to see this fucking thing. So when I got the water and the thing, I paid like $25, $30 for this movie, worth every penny. Without giving it away, um, obviously, you know, some neighborhood girls get abducted, and Jake Gyllenhaal is the is the um, detective looking for. It. He plays a detective who's never who's never you know not solved a case. He solved every case as a young detective, and um, Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard play the fathers of the two girls in the neighborhood that get abducted. And I don't want to give anything else away, but it's almost like a who done it. And it, it, you, you figure things out and you start guessing, is it that, is it that? And there's twists and there's turns. The ending is awesome. And I got to say, it, it this movie will hit home if, if you're not a parent. But if you're a parent, this is an ultimate nightmare, just heart-wrenching. I mean, I... Chris looked over at me a couple of times and he he heard me basically shaking my head and I had my hand over my face just thinking about the the horrible horrible unbelievably unpeaceful feeling you would get if that was your children the acting of um Hugh Jackman and his and the, the acting of the parents who lost their kids was amazing how some were different and some were in denial some were angry some were just freaking it was something that tired not sleeping it was awesome and um, it 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 was a movie that I, I as like I haven't really felt like that in maybe five years as far as a movie like that. So can't say enough good things about it. You know, I always give you guys the honest thing, but it was just awesome from top to bottom. Uh, there were some gruesome parts. There were some there was some really you know satisfying parts. There were some really terrifying parts. Just great, just great. Even some creepy parts and and scary, but. It was just an awesome, awesome movie, and I, I think that if you like movies, okay, if you like movies, and if you take the Verzi effect, let me know if I've been right on, or if you guys like my, I'd love to know my percentage of what you guys liked, or what I say, but I'm telling you now, this gets the, this is like up there with the top 10, I mean, I've been doing this podcast, 100. this is my 128th, and I know that there's been a lot of episodes where I didn't review movies. So let's say I've reviewed out of 128, let's say I've reviewed, what, 65 movies out of 128, maybe 65 or 70. I would say out of the 65 and 70, I'll say this is in the top 10, top 10, top 12 movies that I've I've reviewed since I've been doing this. Absolute must see.
Um, it, I, I actually could, some parents, and I could see some parents like being like, I can't, this is really tough to deal with. Um, I, I remember sitting in the theater going, you know, if, if my wife Stacy was here, like she would be, I, I think that they, there would be issues. You know, I'm not saying all women, I'm not saying it's like a, a women can't handle, I'm just saying like it was tough, you know, for me as a father, I couldn't imagine a mother who probably has more of a connection with the child because the child grew inside them. It was tough. But great, it all comes together. So see it, prisoners, Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Terrence Howard, it just awesome. Crime, kidnapping, who done it? Uh, violent, scary, intense. What else do you want? You know, you get yourself some popcorn, you get yourself a drink, you see that movie, it's a wrap. You leave happy. If you walked out of that movie and says it sucks, you just you don't you don't know. It's you. It's it's you. It's not my review. How about that? I truly feel that way. And yes, Chris Lamberth did sleep for five to seven minutes during that movie. I saw him. He was leaned over to the side, and he had his eye. And then finally, towards the end, he popped up. Shame on you, Chris Lamberth. No, we we had a great time. As we said, we painted New Jersey red, man. Fucking UFC fights, some boneless wings at Hooters, a couple of drinks, then a great movie at midnight. I performed in front of a bunch of fucking animals. Uh, and I mean the parents. <laughs> so uh, what else do we got here? Oh, 45 minutes in. Oh, we got some... Um, we got some sports. Let's get into sports, everybody. What the hell is going on with the New York football giants? 0-3. I decided yesterday um, that I was going to play golf. I have a golf course near my new home that's five minutes away. It's a nine-hole course, and it's not long. It's got a lot of par threes, par fours. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play this. I may miss the first couple of quarters. Tops, I may miss the first half. I watched the first drive, go out five minutes to play golf, come back 31 to nothing I'm going holy shit I was talking to Jim Florentine at the stand on uh, and I said to him because everyone's like I love the Giants man the line the Giants are underdogs like by one and I go if Vegas is putting the Giants at dog as dogs I hate the game that's scary something's wrong and it was man that's not a good something is wrong the offensive line cannot protect him Eli Manning was sacked seven times in the first quarter. The offensive line is doing the job that me and three of my comedian friends could do if you gave us pads and had us practice for a week. They're just running over people, tackling them. It, it, it doesn't make sense. The defense looks shitty. Yeah, we have weapons on offense, but he can't even throw the ball. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the Giants think, what happened? I got to apologize if anybody took my prediction with the Niners, I, the homecoming theory. That's my homecoming theory. A good team loses on the road, comes back home, and usually wins. They go home, and they get shit on by the Colts. I, I have no idea. Who knows what's going on? with This is why I don't bet or gamble on the NFL anymore. This is why I used to gamble on the NFL. I'd win a 1000 bucks and think I was a fucking Sam Rothstein. And then I would eventually give the 1000 back and go down 600 and be sick to my stomach. That's why. Because the Browns won, the Colts beat the 49ers. That's such a shitty thing to say about an organization. Listen, the Browns won. So how could, like, nothing is normal in the world because the Browns won. What else do we have? 
who else? The Broncos are winning. I mean, Seattle won. There's only a few teams, but this is the first time. This is an interesting piece of history, I think. This is the first time that the New York Giants and the um, Redskins, Washington Redskins, the first time that they both were 0-3 in the history of football. The, the Giants and Redskins have never started off um, both 0-3 after, you know, ever in history. So um, the only good news for the Giants is the Eagles are sucking. They're 1-2. The Redskins are 0-3. Um, and and I think the Cowboys are 2-1. and one. So they only are two games. If you look at it like that, they only are two games back in the division, but they just look awful. Things need to happen and really turn around now. It looks like the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs. The Giants are playing bad, but the Knicks are coming, everybody. I'll watch the Knicks for a few months and then get disgusted with them. That's what New York sports is looking like right now. But you can't gamble. Stop gambling. Unless there's a lock. <laughs> I can't laugh. I want to laugh hard at that because that's the way we think. Well, you know, I don't gamble, but I'm telling you. The thing is, if I really start to laugh, I'll go into a coughing fit. See, I'm hoping you guys are laughing with some of the shit I'm saying because if I laugh, I'm either going to have to blow my nose or get into a coughing fit, wake my family up, and it's going to be a mess. So I guess I got to say, you know, I think we're playing the Chiefs next week. That's a sh- that's a tough one. What do you do there, man? The Chiefs are 3-0, and playing great under Andy Reid. Their defense is great. Our offensive line sucks. I don't even know what to think. Who knows? I just don't know what the hell's going on with the Giants. You know, my prediction for the Super Bowl is the Broncos and Niners. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Niners can maybe turn this thing around. But, you know, it looked like they had Kaepernick on lock. And uh, how about the Patriots? Just 3-0 and again. I mean, I know they haven't played anybody big. but And I got to give credit to the Jets. The shitty New Jersey Jets. You got to give credit. To the shitty green team. I mean, they're 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 doing better than the Giants. What can I say? I'm sorry, New Jersey people. I'm just really, I'm fed up. Between the traffic on the bridge and some of the animals I've performed in front of in that state and the nasty smell when you go through Elizabeth, New Jersey, I've, I've fucking had it. I've had it. You know. People get on me and fuck with me and say, "Why? what's wrong with Jersey? Jersey's some of the nicest place. The landscape of Jersey's a shithole. And some of the people are dumber. Some people are great, though. So you got to throw that little disclaimer. Some of them are great. But, hey, man, if the Giants were 2-1, I mean, the Jets are 2-1. What can you say? That's why NFL is just, that's what makes it great. But how great would have been the Super Bowl, which I'm going to. And I'm excited that Bruno Mars is playing at halftime, by the way. I really am excited about that. I'm going to be at the Super Bowl this year. I'm going to be taking part in the festivities and the parties. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that Bruno Mars will be playing at halftime. But what I'm not excited about is it, it. unless the Giants turn something around, I don't think there's any chance they could be there. How great would that be if the Giants represented the NFC by playing a home game or the Super Bowl? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And it never happens. You almost feel like whoever, wherever the Super Bowl is, just bet against the team 
bet against the team whose home it is because it never seems like it. I don't. Th- I can't remember when that's happened where the home team, where, where the where the city that the team plays in, you know, got to the Super Bowl. I can't remember that. But if you can, let me know. So we'll see what happens. I'm very excited, though. Um, the last thing I'll say about sports is when I was a little boy, everybody. Now, now's where the music gets sad. Like it, this is like the part of the movie where the music just goes like, you know, when I was a little boy. It's like a blues song. No, when I was little and the Yankees were bad like they are now, my mom took me to a Yankee game. And I'll never forget walking in the lights, walking in through the tunnel and seeing the lights and seeing the green grass and Don Mattingly standing there and the white pinstripes just bright. And I just remember being like, man, Mattingly is a god. This is amazing. I was this little boy and this whole thing was just so incredible to me to see the field and and see the Yankees play. And um, I'm doing that with my boy. This week, I'm going to take my son to his first Yankee game, and I'm kind of doing it towards the end of the season. They're not going to make the playoffs, so I don't want it to be like the craziest environment for him. And, um, you know, but, you know, we're going to go there. I'm going to put his Robinson Cano jersey on that he's got, and we're going to go sit there and watch a game, and and I'm going to try to teach him as much as I can about it, but I'm really excited about doing that. That was something that I never forgot, and to be able to sit here and talk about it on the podcast exactly vividly how I remember it, hopefully my son could have the same thing, so I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I just I just hope he gets what I got from it. You know, get I'm going to give him like a fucking hot dog and some candy, and... Um, do a bunch of shit my wife probably doesn't want me to do, like get him hopped up on sugar at, you know, 9 o'clock at night when he's got to be to bed by really 7.30 or 8.30, whatever. But that's what we're doing this week, and I couldn't be happier to take my son to that. So hopefully that is awesome. I will tell you guys the story on how that goes. And, of course, leave out the sentimental stuff because some things need to be left off the podcast. Right, this is episode 128 with your host, Paul Verzi, Verzi Effect Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Thank you very much. Let's go to the plugs for the week, okay? Plugs for the week. I think I'm going to go back and do it from my fans, too. I want to do it from my fans again, talk to you guys and let you guys know, you know, whatever you guys want to talk about. You know, I've given relationship advice. I've given some sports advice, which I was half right and wrong with the Niners. But whatever you guys want me to talk about, I can talk about. All right. I'm here for you. Verzi Effect Podcast Show with your host, Paul Verzi, episode 128. Now, this week, I will be performing. Today's Monday. Tomorrow. Oh, got a couple. I got a cool announcement here. Forgot about it. Uh, I will be tomorrow uh, on the 8 o'clock show. I will be performing at Stand Up New York on 78th and Broadway. That's tomorrow night. Then at midnight tomorrow, you can catch me live on the Artie Lang Show. If you have DirecTV, you could see me on TV tomorrow on the Audience Channel. On DirecTV, I will be on the Artie Lang Show from our from midnight to 1 a.m. That will be my uh, time slot on the show tomorrow. Midnight to 1 a.m. I'll be on the Artie Lang show. So please check that out. Um, always love chilling with Artie, man. He's the best. He's the fuck. That guy is the absolute best. One of the nicest individuals. One of the best guys I've met in the business. This will be my third appearance on Artie's show, which I'm really thankful and appreciative about. So check that out. I'll be on Artie Lang show tomorrow. 
You can listen to it on the radio, it's on satellite, and you can see it on DirecTV, on the audience channel. So that's Stand Up New York at 8.30, the Artie Lang Show from midnight to 1. Um, Wednesday, I'm going to the ball game with my boy. And um, Thursday, I will be performing for uh, Laugh for a Good Cause or something at Stand Up New York. Again, it's raising money to get food, so hopefully there's not the same animals that were out of this autism thing. But we will uh, do, we will do, um, that show is, I believe, at 8.30. Yes, that show is at 8.30. So, uh, or uh, it's 8 o'clock show. I'm performing at 8.30. So that's Thursday. And Saturday, I will be on the midnight show at The Stand. So check that out. And as I said before, please, if you are down south or going to be down south in the Myrtle Beach area, October 22nd to the 26th, I will be at Carolina Comedy Club with my boy Jason Lawhead. We're going to have a great time down there. Now, I announced on Facebook that I was going to be November 2nd, November 1st and 2nd, I was going to be co-headlining with Aaron Berg in Miami, Florida um, at the Comedy Inn doing... um, doing two, doing a show Friday and a show Saturday. Though it looks like those dates are going to change. I will update them on online when I get confirmation. So it doesn't look like those dates are, it doesn't look like it's going to be November 1 and 2, maybe other ones. And of course, I'll be opening for Bill Burr Constitution Hall November 7th, the Beacon Theater, two shows November 8th, and the Tower Theater in Philadelphia November 9th. So check me out, check those out, um, and, and you know, you could check the website out. So quick recap, this tomorrow night, Stand Up New York, 8 o'clock, Artie Lang Show, midnight to 1. Thursday, 8 o'clock, Stand Up New York. Saturday, midnight, The Stand. And um, and then, obviously, the, the bigger ones to look out for is October 22nd through the 26th in Myrtle Beach and November 7th, 8th, and 9th with Bill Burr. Check the website for that stuff. And in the meantime, I will be doing a bunch of spots in New York City and I'm working on um, I'm working on something. So hopefully that goes too. So um, I appreciate it, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I feel like this was a nice flowing. This was a nice flowing from top to bottom right at about an hour. Talked about kids, then we talked about the, the that that E60 show with the kids, and then it came into the movie Prisoners about the abduction of the kids, and it was just a really um, you know I'm I'm not gonna I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I think that this one was a nice listen. I think it flowed well. Um, I hope my voice wasn't too annoying. If it wasn't, you turned it off. I, I guess I could say that that's understandable, but I think for the sickness, I gave a good quality. I mean, I'd rate my performance pretty high. If I was a quarterback, you know, I, I would say it was probably like a, you know, say like a 99 or a 1.2 um, quarterback rating, you know. Don't th- I, Maybe I had a fumble, didn't throw a pick, and I threw like three touchdowns. That's what I would say this podcast was. I threw three touchdowns, fumbled it once, but my guys got it back, and I didn't throw a pick. Won the game 31 to 12, I would say. So I think all in all, 128 was a pretty good one. Um, You know, this was a win. If not for you, for me, everybody. How about that? So until next week, thank you guys so much. 
please keep the comments coming on iTunes. This podcast will be up right now or probably in the next half hour. It is Monday night, and um, I will get hopefully the next one up by Sunday night. That's what I really want to do, but I was a little under the weather. But I'm going to keep it to the, you know, so you guys have it for the whole week. And then, you know, through the, and then I could talk about what happened on the weekend and all that stuff. So we'll keep it at that. But uh, thank you guys so much. And if, like, again, if I said, if there's a, as there's a comedian or a guest you'd like me to have on the show, please let me know. And that person will have to drive to my house, but we will try to get that done for you, okay? Until episode 129, um, I'm out of here. You guys are the best. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys soon.